name today. You got your Bibles with you? Say amen. 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 Let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter number 1. And uh, y'all forgive me, I've, I've done got old. And I gotta have seeing glasses, or whatever they're called. Reading glasses. I'm gonna try not to do the Brother Dean McNeese move and do this. And I'm gonna try my best not to do the Sammy Island move and shake my glasses at you. I'm gonna try to behave and put them here, but they may end up on my head. So y'all just overlook me until I figure out what I'm supposed to do with them. But Matthew chapter number one, verse number 16, And then we want to look over to verse number 21. And Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born, listen, Jesus, who is called Christ. If you will, will you just say the name of Jesus for me? I'm not going to say it. I want to hear you say it. Will you say it one more time? (laughs) Say it one more time. You see, there's, I got it somewhere in my songs here. There's just something about that name. We, we have the privilege to be able to, to spend a lot of time with Luke throughout the week when Miss Lee is working. And sometimes he's, I don't know if I'm saying this right, unconsolable. But every once in a while, I can get a hold of him and just start singing. There's something about that name. And old boy, old boy Luke, he'll just kind of calm down. There's something about that name. And he says that, that Jacob bore Joseph. And Joseph was the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Look over in verse number 20 and 21. But while he, while Joseph thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And he shall bring forth, she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name, here it is again, say it with me, Jesus. (laughs) For he shall save his people. From their sins, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your blessings. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. And God, we pray, Lord, as we talk about your Son today, Lord, that you'd fill us up. God, I pray that you'd help your people. God, I think if my mind is right, this is the last day of 2023. Lord, the ball is going to drop, the peach will drop, the, 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 the hours will pass by this evening, and Lord, 10 o'clock will turn to 11, and 11 will turn to 12, and Lord, we start a new day, but we start a new year. And Father, I ask you today, if you would, just to help us love on the lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ today. Father, we pray, Lord, that you'd help us magnify and lift up your Son's name. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be mindful and let us be obedient to your leadership today. Father, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I thought about changing the title of the message just because we're past Christmas, but I figure for just kicks and giggles, we'll keep it the same. 
So this is part three, and as far as I'm concerned, this will be the last part of the Christ of Christmas. And uh, as I just said, that today will be be the last of this little short series, but this little thing that's, that's lasted a Sunday morning, I think, and a Wednesday night, and again a Sunday morning, this thing has really inflamed my heartstrings. It's, it's done something for me that I really don't know how to explain. Wednesday night, I was beside myself before, during, and after church just because of the Son of God and being able to study about the Son of God. And uh, so, as we have studied these, this name and the titles of God's Son, I have been refreshed, and I hope you have as well. But as we close this old year of 2023, and we kind of turn the page and we, we open up a brand new year, uh, I want us to remember who gives us life and who gives us the ability to to close our eyes at night and and to wake up in the morning. Some of you in here may may have some difficulties waking up and or even going to sleep for that matter. You may you may wake up in in pain and you may go to bed in pain and you're having to take medicines and do therapies and spending a lot of time in prayer, but I want us never to forget the fact that we are above ground and we have life within us. And there is, there is, there is someone that gives us that life. And that is God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And so as we, this is, this is not our, this is not our New Year message trying to give you my, my thoughts and my, my theme for this year. This is just to finish this up, but I want us to know that when, when we turn on the news, every morning I get an email and, and it gives me the, the rundown of all of the good and all of the bad that happened in the world yesterday. More often than not, there's more bad than good that has happened. But when you turn on the news or you look around and you see all the bad, I want you to know, uh, that peace is available. We studied that the first Sunday that, that we have uh, the Prince of Peace, and He not just gives peace, but He is peace. Can somebody say amen right there? Uh, so when the world seems to be ripping apart at its seams, I want you to know uh, that the United Nations and our governments and governments all over the world, they may be pressing one another to have peace, but without Jesus Christ, there can be no peace. And so in your life, as you look around and it seems like your life is ripping apart at the seams, know that Jesus is peace. And when you have no peace, when you settle your head at night, know that Jesus can be that peace that you need. When you are in the dark of the midnight, one person said, in the dark hour of the soul, David said, when he's walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I want you to remember the name of Jesus Christ in the Old and the New Testament, and that is that, that name, Emmanuel. And if you remember, I broke it down last Sunday, it means, with us is God. As you read it in Isaiah, and you read it, I think, in Matthew, verse number, uh, somewhere maybe around verse number 20. 23, uh, which being interpreted is God with us. So when you feel like, Abby, you're all by yourself, I want you to know that God has already provided someone to be with you. 
When it seems like you're on that tractor or you're painting or you're, you're down at the plant, Brother Kenny, and, and nobody else cares what you're going through. The wife doesn't care. The husband doesn't care. The children doesn't care. And you're doing it all by yourself. Remember that God is with us. And, and so I say all of that by way of introduction to let you know this has not just been a study. This has been something that has blessed me. And I trust that it's blessed you. As, as we kind of recap this, we, 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 I had three points and I've yet to get past point number one. <laughs> but we, we saw Christ promised in the Old Testament and then in the New Testament as Emmanuel, wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That's all from Isaiah 7 and Isaiah 9. But then we get into Luke chapter number 2 and we find the Son of God, which we preached about on Wednesday night. But today we come to Matthew chapter number 1, and these are in no particular order. But we come to Matthew chapter number 1, and we see in verse number 16, the first, well, outside of verse number 1, uh, we find the, the mention of Christ. It says, And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. And so as we look at this this title of Christ, and I'll mention that in just a moment, as we look at this title of Christ, we find that there is a, a triad of names that is often referenced uh, in relation to Christ. A lot of times we'll find them separately. We'll find the name of Christ by Himself. Or we'll find it with the Lord or Jesus. Uh, sometimes they are used separately, as I mentioned, but sometimes they're in combination. Maybe the Lord Jesus or Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus or Christ the Lord or Christ Jesus our Lord. Or one writer, I believe it was uh, Peter, said this very Christ. And so uh, we see that there is something important about this name Christ. If you look, uh, you'll find the Hebrew word Messiah and the Greek word Christ. They both mean the anointed one. Um, I believe it was David mentioned as he was in a quandary whether or not to go to battle to fight for himself against Saul. But he says, I can't even lay my hand to the Lord's anointed. There was something special about that one whom God had placed his hand on. And so David said, he is God's anointed. I cannot place my hand. And so we see that Christ is the Messiah, but he is the anointed one. Uh, the title of Christ occurs in the Gospels about 50 different times. The book of Acts about 20 times. But then when you get to the epistles, uh, which most of those are Paul's writings, you find that the name of Christ is used more or right at 300 times. One writer says, as priests, kings, and prophets of old are anointed and reckoned as God's anointed ones, we can readily understand why Christ, the anointed one, should be chosen to express the fact that Jesus of Nazareth 
was prophet, priest, and king of whom Moses and the prophets gave witness. Every time Moses and Ezra and Nehemiah and David and Sam, every time one of those prophets began to write about the coming one, they were not talking about the next king, but they were talking about the king. They were talking about the priest, the prophet, whom would come. And they were talking about Jesus Christ, the anointed one. And so, um, I mentioned it last week, and Kurt mentioned it this week, and Kurt may have mentioned it several times in his study, but as we look at these prophets and these priests in the Old Testament, we see that they are a type of Christ in the New Testament. And I'm glad today that, that through grace, the name of Christ is no longer exclusive to the Jewish property, but has become the cherished name of Christians who do take their name, not from the name of Jesus, but from the title of Christ. The Bible says in Acts chapter number 11, verse number 26, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. One writer, or one preacher, Brother Dwayne Moore, I believe, said that the word Christian, it means that you are little Christs. You are little Christ. You are a Xerox. If you remember, Xerox was the first copy uh, company, and they were the best of the best. And if you had a Xerox, if you had a Xerox copy, it was just like the original. And we as Christians are just like the original. We are little Christs. And so we see that they were first called Christians in Antioch. Uh, Acts chapter number 26, verse 28 and 29. And the Bible says, this is Paul and Agrippa. Agrippa said unto Paul, almost thou hast persuaded me uh, to be a Christian. And Paul said, and this is my prayer today, if you're hanging in the balances and you said, well, all that sounds good. I've heard about being a Christian. I've heard the gospel. I've heard them preach. I've heard them sing. I've seen them shed tears about the name of Christ. I've seen them shout and run the aisles. I've seen the altars full. I've seen other people get saved. Uh, but if you're almost persuaded, then listen to what Paul says. I uh, would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am except these bonds. He said, King Agrippa, you've heard the gospel from my own mouth, and you are yet, you are yet a great way off. You see, almost, the songwriter says, almost is altogether lost. Now, if you almost accept Christ, if you almost accept Christ as Savior, then I want you to know that you've still rejected Him, and you'll die lost. Can somebody help me right there? We find uh, that the name of Christ, or the title of Christ, if you will. Uh, it means the anointed one. But then I want us to look again in verse number 16 of Matthew chapter number 1. And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus. We look at verse number 1 and we find that this is the story of Jesus or the generation of Jesus Christ. We look again at verse number 21 it says, and they shall, she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So now we look at this, this name, Jesus. And again, Herbert Lockyer said this, this is expressly given by divine command. 
In a sense, Jesus is His only name, all others being titles. It is a name above every name. Philippians chapter number 2, I I was just going to read verse number 9, but I began to look at this, and i got to go back to verse number 5, and we got to read past verse number 11. If three of y'all don't say amen when I get there, I'm going to come down there with you. But verse number 5 of Philippians 2 says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of cross, uh, the death of the cross. Oh, wherefore God uh, also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at that name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. I got to thinking during Sunday school this morning, every time I read about the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is talking about the Son. Every time I get to talk, reading about uh, God the Father, God the Father is talking about the Son. Every time I get to reading about God the Son, He's talking about God the Father. And it seems like there's just a circular way of conversation uh, that one's talking about the other. And every one of them is getting the preeminence. Uh, but according to this scripture right here. God has given Jesus Christ. And don't you know, we picked out our daughter's names. Ashlyn, Braylon, we had Carlin, and we had Dalen. We came up with those names. We prayed about it. We thought about it. We talked about it. But Joshua, or Joseph and Miss Mary, they did not have a choice. They said, you're going to call his name Jesus. We were talking this week about, oh, whatever John the Baptist daddy's name was, was it Zacharias or something along those lines? Uh, he wanted to name him Zacharias Jr. or something uh, like that. He wanted him to have a priestly name. And the holy angel said, no, you're going to name him John. And he refused. And so he took his voice away from him. And right there at the end, the, the child was born. And all of a sudden, I don't know if he's behind a pulpit. I don't know if he will. I don't know where he's at. Uh, but he said his name will be John. You see, when God calls somebody a name. That's what they'll be known by. And Jesus was God's divinely given name for His Son. And I want you to know today how that there was something special about the name of Jesus. I mentioned to you the, the song. It says, Jesus, Jesus. How there's just something about that name. It goes on. It says, kings and kingdoms will all pass away. But there's something about that name. I want you to know today, as Miss Gloria Gaither wrote uh, that it can calm a fevered brow and it can calm a crying child. Uh, but I want you to know that it was the name of Jesus that I called upon the day that I got saved. I didn't really know how to pray. I'd heard men and I'd heard women pray all my church going days. Uh, but I want you to know, Samuel, uh, when it got down to brass tacks, I didn't have the right words to say. I didn't have anything that I could come up with and, and conjure up. Uh, I don't could not tell you what I prayed that day. Oh, but I know that it started with Jesus. And I believe that was enough. I 
firmly believe today, and you can disagree all you want, but I believe if I'd called out and couldn't say another word, Brother Stanley, if I'd just called on the name Jesus, I believe God would have heard my heart and known my soul and saved my wretched soul from from hell. I'm glad to report today that there's something about that name of Jesus. The verse that I was reading there, God hath also highly exalted Him and given Him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and earth and under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. You see, everything that God does is so that the glory goes back to Him. We find the significance of the name Jesus is borne out in its construction you say, what do you mean? Well, you remember I broke down that word Emmanuel. With us is God. Emmanuel, with us is God. El, okay, Emmanuel. Here we find the name Jesus and it's broken up in two sections. You have the J-E, the, the G, or Jeho, or Jah, or Jehovah. And this name of God speaks of the divine authority that Jesus came as the I Am. You remember when Jesus said before Abraham was I Am? That gave us a clue of who He was. Because when He was out there in the backside of the desert... When he was talking to Moses, Moses says, who do I say, Simi? And he said, I am that I am. And so it was God the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost that said, I am. And Jesus in the New Testament said, before Abraham was, I am. And so G, the J-E, is to, to speak of God's divine authority in the Lord Jesus Christ. It symbolizes the eternal Godhead. It symbolizes the covenant relations or the promises that God has given men. This bless my heart. One one writer said, All the virtues dimly seen in the Jehovah of the Old Testament became manifest in Him who came from heaven. You see, God was just a... He was a cloud. He was a fire. He was a mysterious being. They knew that He would take care of them. They knew that He would... I promised them. He knew that He would come through with His promises. But they did not know exactly who He was. They could not touch Him. He was a mystery. But oh my goodness, how did Christ, how the Son of God, come down in the flesh? And every promise that God made in the Old Testament was made manifest in the fleshly body of Jesus. And I want you to know, though they may have uh, uh, followed the, the dimly lit promises in the the Old Testament today because He is the light and the life of men, because He is the water and the bread of life, because He is the rock of the, uh, the, the rock of ages, because He is the lion of the tribe of Judah, because He is the door and the nail, because Jesus Christ is the water, is the rain, is the fire, is the mountain, is the valley, is the lily of the valley, is the rose of Sharon. Every knee I'm back to run. Every need that you ever have is found supplied in Jesus. Hallelujah to God. So we find that Jesus is broken up in two parts. We see first the J-E, then the S-U-S. This is where we find Oshua or 
Joshua. Another name that is wrapped up in that is Hosea. This means help. You remember the J-E meant Jehovah. Now the S-U-S means help. In other words, what I'm trying to say is, Jesus means Jehovah, our Savior. Jehovah, our Deliverer. The help of Jehovah. This is not just a son. This is not just a child that was born. But this is the son that was given. Amen? Amen. I believe as the angel said to those those, uh, shepherds, uh, let me just see if I can find it over in Luke chapter number 2. He says, but you're born this day, he says, there is a, a child born unto you, but he said there's a son given. Y'all can find that on your own time, I reckon. He said, there's a child that's going to be born. He said, but this is a son from God that's given. This child is, this child is important. This child will be revered and this child will be hated. He said, but you need to know that there is a son being given from heaven. And that is this Son, Jesus. It is the help of Jehovah. Somewhere back in the ages of time. Somewhere back before the foundations of... Somewhere back before, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Somewhere way on back yonder before the end. There was a plan to save mankind. Do y'all really get the weight of that? Brother Lee... Before there was an Adam, God already made a plan to save men, Brother Terry. Before, but listen, I'm talking about before Calvary ever existed. Before the, the cross that, or the tree that would become the cross. Before the mountain would ever mound up and become Calvary. Before any of those things could ever happen, God already knew and planned that His Son would be slain for all mankind. That ought to bless your happy socks off. We are, you and I, are by His name assured of pardon, of peace, and deliverance from sin and from hell. What was the Scripture? And given Him a name which is above every name, that at that name, or that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Jesus is found in Matthew 172 times. It's found in Luke 97, uh, in, in, in Mark 97 times, in Luke 100 times, in John 256 times, in Acts 68 times, and then the epistles only about 30 times. And I hadn't dug into this, but it seems as though the writers of the epistles, which is Paul and John and Peter and James and Jude, they they tended to to focus on Christ, the title of Christ, rather than the name of Jesus. I don't know if there's any meat to that, but I'm just throwing that out to you and y'all can look at it yourself. But this name Jesus, it proclaims who? 
and what He is. The name of Jesus has been so sweet to the believer's ear. To the hymnist and to the poet, it has ever been a favorite name. The fragrance of a Christian song for centuries is the sweetest sound in the seraph song, the sweetest note on a mortal's tongue, and the sweetest anthem ever sung. The name of Jesus is a name that hell cannot stand. You look at Luke chapter number 10, verse 17. At the end of the verse, it says, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. It is a name that brings salvation. Acts chapter 4, verse 10, 11, and 12. Be it unknown unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. He's talking about that man that was blind and got healed. Verse number 11, he says, This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Here we go again. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. If you got saved through the lodge, if you got saved through the program, if you got saved through the Lions Club, if you got saved through the president, if you got saved through grandma, if you got saved through your pastor, if you got saved through anything else, guess what, honey? You ain't saved. But if you got saved through the lovely name of the Lord Jesus, then you are eternally secure all your days and many, many more. He says, there's, there's neither salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. They can't come up to me and say, James, it's pretty close to Jesus. Can you save me? No. Stanley? You've been saved a long time. Can you save me? No. No, you can't. But here, here's the blessed thing. Stanley, you can't save me. My Kurt, you can't save me. Neither can I. But I'm glad that we can lead them to somebody who can. We can lift up the name of, <laughs> we can lift up the name of Jesus. And if they would, if, hey, you remember what I said on, uh, on, uh, Wednesday night? There was a question and there was an answer. Dost thou believe that Jesus is the Son of God? The answer was, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. If you believe on the name of Jesus, if you confess with your mouth Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. There was a, some of you learned people, you know that there was a poet, a writer by the name of Henry Frost, and he wrote this about the name of Jesus. He said, there is a name, a wondrous name, of infinite and endless fame, of God beloved by saints revered, by angels and archangels feared, ordained by God ere world began, revered, uh, revealed by angels unto man, proclaimed by men, believed, adored, by hearts in prayer and praise outpoured, the theme of prophet, priest, and king, the word of which sweet psalmist sing, 
by pilgrims blessed, by sufferers sung, the last work breathed by martyrs' tongue, the name most precious and sublime, supreme in space, supreme in time, destined to live and conquer all, till all knees everywhere shall fall, and tongues confess what God proclaims, this name to be the name of names, the name... The name which in high heaven will be the one name of eternity. Then all my soul its praise forth tell Jesus, the name ineffable. I want you to know there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There is a name above all names, and that is the name of Jesus Christ. Then if you'll help me for the last eight minutes today, I want to finish this. With the name of Savior. Turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter number 2. You'll find our, our reading in verse number 11. Here's the verse I was looking for earlier. For unto you is born this day, verse number 11, chapter 2 of Luke. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. A Savior. It's funny to me that as you progress through the reading of the Christmas story, there are certain names that are repetitive. Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ, Christ the Lord, the Lord's Christ, things of that sort. But then we come to this, that there is a Savior. And the name Savior is defined in Scripture. If you still have your Bible open, you can turn back to chapter 1 of Matthew, verse 21, and you see, "...and she shall bring forth a son..." And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. That is the definition of a Savior. He is going to save them not from financial ruin. He is going to save them not from military over overpowering. He is going to save them from their sin. And I want you to know God can deliver you from a myriad of things, anything that He wants to, and I praise God for it. But the reason that we have this man, Jesus Christ, our Savior, is not to save us from the boogeyman, but to save us from our sins and to save us from hell. And so we find here that, uh, and it's going to sound like I'm talking about the Name of Jesus again, but I'm trying to give you something about this name, a Savior. Notice what it says in verse number 11. He says, in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. How we see that this Savior, according to Matthew 1, is Jesus, or Jehovah is our help, or Jehovah is salvation. How the Bible says, for He shall save His people from their sin. But I need you to know that this man, this, this child that came from God, He grew to be a man. But according to John chapter number 1, that his own people rejected him. Chapter number 1 of John, verse number 11, he came unto his own and received him not. Oh, but I'm glad today that there is a verse number 12 and verse number 13. Because though his people may have rejected him, I'm glad that he redeemed unto himself a whole nother people. I'm glad that he didn't just stop and said, well, God the Father, this was a bust. 
This didn't work. They rejected me. But I'm glad that John chapter number 1, verse number 12 and 13, it says, But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We find in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, that Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. That ought to flip your pancake this morning. He became a curse for you. So you would be redeemed away from the curse of the law. He goes on. He said, being a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. First Peter chapter number 1, verse 18 through 20 says, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. And we have all received tradition from our fathers. We have all received vain conversations from men and women and school and work and college and effort in society. We're not saved by those things. We're not redeemed by those things. No matter how much money you have or no matter how much you do not have, you are not saved by the amount in your bank account. But I want you to know, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who was verily foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. I'm not glad, I'm not glad, I'm not glad that the Jews rejected Him, but I'm absolutely ecstatic that though He was rejected by His own people, He redeemed to Himself and other people. Could you imagine the plight of men with the small amount of Jews in this world? If they were the only ones that could ever have a chance to be saved by the grace of God. But I'm glad Hannah today, that whatever day it was and they decided to reject Him, whatever day it was when they decided that they would crucify Him and try to stamp Him out, whatever day it was, and I believe it's before the foundation of the world, I believe, Brother Buster, He already had a plan for you and I to get saved by the blood of Christ. I'm glad it didn't stop just with the Jews, but I'm glad. Ah, I'm glad he kept on going. And he, hey, I'm glad that there's a John 3.16. I'm glad that when Nicodemus and Jesus were meeting by night, somebody was listening and pay attention. And he wrote, For God so loved the world that He gave His own... I said, For God so loved the world. That means you that grew up down here in America, God loved you. For those of us that grew up in Palatka and Hollister, Florida, God loved us. For those of you that grew up in some other place or some other city or country, whatever it may be, I'm glad that God loved you. Hey, whether your daddy was a deacon or a preacher or a drunk or a drug addict, I'm glad to report that God loved you. And God loved him too. Amen. Hey, it doesn't matter if you grew up poor, uh, eating pinto beans and taters every day of your life. I'm glad that God loved you. You, uh, you see how I worked that in right there? Hey, I don't care if you got the finest meal. Uh, one of those uh, uh, one of those beef wellingtons on the grill or however you cook them today. It doesn't matter what you... Hey, I want you to know that God so loved the world. Hey, every man 
man, woman, boy, and girl. Uh, every ugly person, praise God. Every fat person, praise God. Every little person, say amen, Brother Jody. Hey, every thin person, hey, Brother Eric, go ahead and say amen. I want you to know that God loved the world. That He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm thankful today that there is a name. And this name, He is a Savior. Hebrews chapter number 7. Y'all done got carried away now. I'm on my last minute and i got four more minutes to go. Hebrews 7 verse 25. Wherefore he is able. Somebody just say amen on credit because you don't know what I'm going to say. Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. I begin to study this uh, uttermost out again. And we talk about the furthest reaches God can save. I believe He can do that. For the furthest length of time, He can do that. I believe that. Amen. Uh, But the Bible says, I believe He gives us a clue of what this uttermost means. As long as Christ lives, we are saved. As long as there is a Christ, we are saved. You better watch out. Those people that are uh, wringing their hands thinking He never did get up from the grave. Uh, They're going to die and they're going to be worried about where they're going and all this kind of stuff. But I I stand before you now absolutely assured uh, that Jesus is not in a grave over in the in Jerusalem somewhere, uh, but He's standing at the right hand of God. Uh, there's every proof, every proof in my heart uh, today that Jesus is not only alive, uh, but He's waiting for you and I to meet with Him, and He's coming again, and He's going to restore this uh, the new heaven and the new Jerusalem. I want you to know today uh, that He is alive, and as long as He is alive. You're saved. That's what this word uttermost means. The priesthood. We look in in this chapter 7 of Hebrew. If you read chapter 7 and chapter 9, it talks about the priesthood of Aaron. And this priesthood, it foreshadowed the priesthood of Christ. If you look at chapter number 9 of Hebrews, verse number 25, you can read, or 23, you can read a little bit about that. But the thing about this priesthood of Aaron is every one of those priests died. One by one, generation after generation, they died. But this man ever liveth to make intercession. This man continues forever. According to Hebrews 9.23, this man has an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore, or because of these things, he is able to save to the uttermost. Because he has an unchangeable priesthood. He's not waiting for you and I to get there to make... We are, according to the Scripture, we already are priests. But he's not waiting for us to get up there to say, okay, you do all the work now. No, he's still taking care of business. Not only when he was here, but now that he's in heaven, he is that eternal priest. And as long as he lives, and and as long as his priesthood never changes, you and I have a Savior. He's able to save to the uttermost. I gave you a little bit about that. But I believe we could also say, and so much more. He's able to he's able to he's able to save you from your sin. He's able to save you from hell. But I believe there's so much more. First Corinthians two nine. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. 
I told you the other week about Brother Dean McNeese's miracle offering, and I gave you the details. The following week, my wife and I, my family, got a miracle offering. I ain't even prayed for that. My faith is too weak to pray for something like that. And God's done some big things for me. But because of the goodness of God's heart, and because of God's people, He passed. What's the Scripture say? It's never entered into the heart of man. But God hath prepared some things for them that love Him. We look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 20. Again, I could say the same thing about this. Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I want you to know that there is more to being saved than just forgiven of your sin and saved from hell. There's so much more. And you may, listen to me, and, and, and you, you may not get a miracle offering, but I guarantee you every morning you're going to receive a miracle when you get up and you put your feet on the floor and you breathe God's good air and you're able to see and you're able to smell and you're able to kiss your family good night or good morning and you're able to pick up the phone and call and you're able to walk out. Brother John, you're able to walk out and feed the chickens or cook your wife a birthday cake. Hey, I want you to know, I'm about to, Terry, I'm coming. I want you to know today how that God is going to give us more than what we think. What we think is God's just going to save us and that's going to be it. But so much more. Amen. He's asleep. I want to jerk him. Just wake him up. He's able to give us more. I want us to listen to this. Echoed through the ages, the hymns, the spiritual songs, there's, there's a song. You can sing this for invitation if you want. Page number 97, I believe it is. We're talking about our Savior. Give the wind a mighty voice. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. (laughs) Let the nations now rejoice. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Shout salvation full and free. Highest hill and deepest caves. This our song of victory. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. There's a song that I've got here, and we sing it as a chorus. Brother David leads us, and it says this, There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music. sounds like music in mine ear, the sweetest name on earth. It tells me of a Savior's love who died to set me free. It tells me of His precious blood, the sinner's perfect plea. It tells me what my Father hath in store for every day. And though I tread a darksome path, yield sunshine all the way. It tells of one whose loving heart can feel my deepest woe, who in each sorrow bears a part that none can bear below. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because He first loved me. I'm thankful today for the name of Jesus. I'm glad that he was promised. One of these days, if the Lord will help me, I'll preach those other two points. But I cannot get over the fact that he was promised as Jesus Christ, as Jehovah our Savior, as Christ the the Messiah, as a Savior, as wonderful, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, as Emmanuel, as Counselor. He was promised as these things. And you and I have him today. 
because of God's perfect plan. Let's stand. Let's come with the song of invitation. Father, we thank You for this day. God, we pray now that You would help us. I ask You that You would move in our hearts. I ask You that You would allow us to be able to follow You as You've led us through this message. Lord, if there's something that we can glean from this, maybe somebody needs that help in Jesus. Jehovah is our help. God, I pray that You let them call on the name of Jesus. God, maybe they needed to be reminded of who Christ is today. Father, that Messiah, that promised one, Lord, maybe they needed to be reminded today that we have a Savior. God, I ask You that You would help Your people. Touch us as only You can. Bless us now as our hearts ring out in a song. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.